Hello and welcome to the All or Something Living Podcast. I'm your host, Lauren Kepler, and I'm a recovering perfectionist who made the choice to swap rigidity and impossibly high standards for joy, ease, and flow. Now I'm on a mission to boldly build an impactful, insanely successful business and to help other women do the same. So if you're ready to up-level and step into the next version of yourself, then join me as we commit to imperfectly designing the business and life of our dreams. Hello, hello, and welcome to episode 99 of the All or Something Living podcast. Whether you are a first-time listener or you are coming back and listening to your 20th episode or maybe even your third episode, welcome and hello. I'm so glad that you're here. Um, You may have noticed or you may not have noticed, maybe we both needed a break, but there was not an episode that came out last week. So I am finally coming to you as a married woman. Finally, finally. So we had our wedding last Saturday. Um, Not this one last Saturday, but Saturday, what was it? I already forgot our date. October 24th. So um, once I came home, I last week was just so tired. I was just kind of useless and I'm still easing into it this week. And I'll talk a little bit about that in a second and how much I forget my self-care practices make a huge difference. Um, but yeah, just easing into it. It's, I think kind of a hard time for all of us. I am recording this episode on election day and just really hoping that the turnout is, um, at least a somewhat peaceful one and that we find out today and we can just get it over with. And, um, yeah, and that our world doesn't fall apart today or the United States doesn't fall apart today. So I'm praying for all of you. Um, sending you all love and just hoping for the best. So yeah, so there was not, I, I, I normally try and not to miss episodes. Obviously I've been doing this, um, podcast consistently for obviously now almost a hundred episodes. And so that's weekly. I've been doing it weekly for three or four years, maybe now, I guess I could do the math and I've rarely skipped a week. So it's not something I do often, but I just had nothing in me. I also really didn't feel like last week I had anything important to say. And I try not to bore you if I don't really feel like I have anything significant or helpful or whatever to say. So much needed break. Um, The wedding was perfect. It was better than I could have ever imagined. I am also thankful for my experience with this podcast because it helped my vows come out smoothly. I did not read from a sheet. I didn't read my vows. I just said them from memory, Um, which I had them on standby because I was honestly nervous that I would freeze up and totally forget everything. But I had had a few glasses of champagne or a few mimosas while my maid of honor was doing my hair and makeup. So I think that relaxed me, but not to a point where I was like forgetful. Um, and then the rest of the wedding, I just, I mean, I'm still just in shock of how perfect and smooth everything went. That's what everybody wants for their wedding day. Right. And that's just not just like, For me, the thing that I, the intention that I set was not about everything like being perfect as in, you know, you see these movies of, um, I'm thinking of JLo in, 
what was it, the wedding planner and like she's all with her headphone in her ear and she's like really serious about everything being on cue and perfectly on time and exactly you know I think like so many brides get caught up in the idea that their wedding has to like look at like be a specific timeline and stuff and I had to really be intentional about not getting caught up in that because what I really wanted the day to be about was love, connection. I really wanted to anchor into my relationship with Jason over everything else. And so while um, I guess there were a few hiccups, like totally minor, I'm not sure uh, because I, again, I was just so in the zone, um, like things with music or whatever, not coming on at the right time or, you know, like tiny little things like that. But it didn't matter because there was just so much love in the air. Like you could feel it. Our officiant um, started crying while he was giving us, um, I almost said our vows. He didn't give us our vows. While he was like doing the ceremony, I looked over. He literally had a tear running down his cheek. And later my brother told me that he had said, um, because Jason cried during his, while he was giving his vows, which was really beautiful. And, um, when I, when he was crying, I reached up and I wiped his tears. And I guess that's what got, my brother said, that's what got the officiant going. And then our DJ later had come up to me and he had tears in his eyes. And he just said, this is so beautiful. There's just so much love. And I keep wanting to say the room, but we were out back. We were out in my brother's backyard. There was just so much love in the air and like our families just meshed so well. It was insane. Um, yeah, they just all got along. I was kind of nervous because of especially the cultural differences, you know, they're from the East Coast and they're a black family and we are from the West Coast and we are a white family. And, um, and I was really nervous because I heard my brother like talking about, of course, Trump and his political views and like just all the things that my brother loves to talk about with everybody very loudly and sternly. And he tries to talk to me about it all the time. And I always run away and just hide. And he calls me out. He's like started being like, really? You never want to talk about it. But he like, it's just like, I don't know. Like I, I'm, I'm not that maybe he's passionate about that talking about that stuff. But when I'm on vacation, like I want to have fun. So I hear him talking about at one point of the night, he's like over, on one of, in one of the fires by one of the fires with, um, Jason's, uh, Jason's auntie Iris's cousin. Anyway. And, and I just hear him like, again, yelling, he's all passionate. And I was just like, what the, and I was so nervous about how that was going to go down, but apparently like it went really well on, um, thankfully she was a strong woman. She knew how to hold her own and all the women in Jason's family are so strong. I can see why he is such an amazing man because he was raised by such compassionate, wonderful women. So that was really cool to see that happen. Just to see our families come together that way. That's what you always want to see. Right. Um, so that was, yeah, <sighs> just mm, best wedding ever. <laughs> I guess I'm a little bit biased. And so now people have been asking me a lot of questions about Japan and how I'm feeling about the move to Japan. Honestly, I just needed to get past the wedding first before I could really like think about it. 
And there was a point which, with just the military and everything that's gone down this year, my whole attitude is I'll believe it when I see it at this point. That's how I was about the wedding. I think that's why I'm also just so grateful that it happened because we pushed it back so many times. With obviously orders in the military, it's usually a little bit different. Deployments, yes, they do get canceled often, but orders usually don't unless there's some kind of like medical issue with the person, but we're all fine and healthy over here. Um, so yesterday, Jason had a, his sponsor reach out to him, which every time you go to, I don't know if it's every base, I do know overseas, like someone is your sponsor. So a random military member, they'll assign to reach out to you, give you information on like the transition and all that stuff. Cause overseas is obviously a little bit more of a complicated, um, transition. And I'm thankful that Jason and I both have experience with that. So his sponsor reached out yesterday, sent him an email with the packet of information on on the, yeah, everything, um, information on the island that we're going to be living on and all that good stuff. So the only thing I'm nervous about with that is getting Orca over there. So if you're listening to this and maybe you've gone overseas with the military and you have experience taking your pets, please let me know because really all I need is the checklist for her. Um, but there's like this huge quarantine period and we're already, I think like four, we're like four months out from moving to Japan, you guys. So I need to get on that. Um, cause it's looking like she's already going to be in a quarantine once we get there. And, um, cause yeah, you're usually supposed to do the pet preparations at least like nine months out or something, but we got short notice. So we're making the best of it anyway. That being said, I am in this weird in-between period where I feel like I can't really settle in Vegas. Like I can't really settle and relax and um, I just, I honestly just want to be in Japan. I hate being in that in-between. I'm such a creature of habit and routine that I just feel so unsettled right now. I, I, I don't know. I don't feel stable, <laughs> which is probably also why my routine even now has been off again, why there wasn't an episode last week, why my self-care routine has been really strange and yada, yada, but it's always a learning experience. And, um, speaking of that, so I am still working on the creation of vibrancy on demand Really all I need to do at this point is just get the videos recorded. So I am still planning on releasing it on this coming Monday, which is November 9th. So that will be available for purchase for you starting on Monday. Um, because this is the first time with this relaunch, I'm not sure how long enrollment's going to be open. I will keep you updated as I go. But if you are interested in joining the course, the, the vibrancy on demand, reach out to me on Instagram at Lauren M Kepler. You can ask me questions, some more questions on what the course is about. It's basically just a four step process on how to reach any goal that you set for yourself. So it's not just about like setting that goal and reaching that goal. It's about creating a lifestyle around being someone who can reach any goal that you set for yourself or any intention or, you know, really just mold your life to look the way that you want it to. And it's composed of different types of self-care practices and mindset work that you need to do and um, productivity hacks and things like that. So it's such an, it's such an amazing course. I think it's 
filled with all of my best stuff that I use on a daily basis. And that's what I meant earlier when I said I would talk about um, I how I've been like totally off my game. And I get stubborn sometimes and I like forget what actually works for me like to help keep me focused and feeling good. And so it was just yesterday I was feeling like shit, like just totally, um, I'm also PMSing, so that doesn't help, but I was just totally not like, oh, that like feeling where you want to crawl out of your skin because you're PMSing so hard. Like that's how I was feeling. I hated like who I, I, I don't know, like. I don't want to say I hated myself, but I like didn't even want to be around my own company. (laughs) That's how bad it was. So I started just randomly um, after I wrote all my social media posts for the week and stuff. I was like, well, I'll just go through. I'll start to go over the scripts for Vibrancy on Demand, like review them before I start to record. And I just went through them for a few minutes and was like, oh my God, this course is so good. And then I start, I immediately like started remembering what the practices are and what these things, these mindset hacks and stuff are that make me feel like vibrant on a regular basis. And I, yesterday was honestly, the rest of the day was a great day. We went to the gym afterwards. Like I was so productive I haven't been in like a few weeks. So that was really nice. And again, it was just a good reminder of how powerful this course is. A lot of the tools um, and stuff that I use in the course have actually been used on clients of mine that really had a powerful experience. So I might soon have one of my previous clients on the podcast to really talk more about her experience. But again, you want to know more? find me on Instagram. That's where I'm most active at Lauren M. Kepler. And I, speaking of, will not be changing my Instagram handle or my website to my new last name, which is Kendrick, by the way, uh, just to make it easier, but I will be legally changing my name, but just so that, you know, we don't have to do all that complicated stuff. And, um, yeah. So, that is all a oh, one more announcement. I'm because next episode, next week's episode is episode 100. What, what I am thinking of doing something special. Initially, what I'm thinking is maybe doing like a compilation of some of my favorite lessons on the podcast since I've started it or telling you what some of my favorite episodes are that you should go back and listen to or something like that. I don't know, maybe just like a podcast in review or something. But let me know if you have any ideas, maybe something you want to hear about or something that you think is special or that you've done on your podcast or heard someone else do. I just really want to celebrate this because it is a big milestone to make 100 episodes. I still remember the day I sat down and recorded episode one. And this podcast has been one of the favorite, one of my favorite things of all time. Like I I was going to say like projects, but um, it's just, it just brings so much joy to my life. And it's such a great way for me to connect with you and catch up with you every single week or most weeks. Um, alrighty. So as you probably saw, the title for this episode was what do I do if my clothes don't fit anymore or something like that. And I was inspired to talk about this from actually my sister-in-law, um, who, we, after the wedding and, uh, this was like Monday, I was sitting down with my brother and my sister-in-law and my mom. They took me to lunch right before they took me to the airport. 
And I was like, oh, guys, I need to put out a podcast episode this week. What should I talk about? And she mentioned talking about body image because I was telling her some things about one of my bridesmaids and just, I mean, her and I had had a lunch together earlier that week before the wedding and we talked a lot about body image and, you know, um, we had some really good conversation around that. So she mentioned that. And I initially shot her down, which I later texted her to apologize for. Sometimes, and if you're my friend, you can call me out on this, I'll be like defensive or um, I don't know what it is. It's this weird ego ego thing that I have going on. Like I sometimes, if someone tries to ask for help, like I'll just shoot them down or um, I don't know why I did it, but I shot her down. I was like, oh, I don't even talk about body image on my podcast anymore. And she was like, oh, okay. But I was like, you know what? Body image is still a big part of my life. I can talk about it if I want to, because it's my podcast. And I'm sure you probably as a listener like some variety. And I think we all kind of struggle with body image here and there. So here I am. So I wanted to talk about, first of all, what had come up with one of my bridesmaids. So I'll cover that. And really, um, I wanted to tie in this episode because I've talked about body image on this podcast a few times before, but I don't know if I've really talked about it as it relates to style because that's been really prevalent for me this year is figuring out now me as um, what's considered like a midsize style or a midsize woman. So I'm not, my size is not small enough to be... um, to be normal size, as you call it, but I'm not a high enough size to be plus size. So I kind of struggled with that identity for a while. I'm like, what am I? I don't know what I am. And then when I went on TikTok this year, I found this like group of women on there who are called, who call themselves mid-size. You're not straight size, but you're not plus size. And I was like, there I am. I sit somewhere between a size 12 and a 14. And, um, so yeah, I don't know. I don't know why it liberated me so much to actually hear what my, like to hear a label of what I was, but it just felt really refreshing to not feel like so confused anymore. So I'm going to talk a little bit about that and some body image struggles that I had last week after the wedding, seeing myself in videos and all that good stuff. Um, And then I'll just wrap it up in a little bow for you and talk about my overall um, thoughts around body image and style. Okay, so earlier this year when we went into quarantine, I turned 30 right before we went into quarantine. And I decided that for my 30th birthday and as I'm going into my 30s, I was going to glow up. I know a lot of people get really depressed about going into their 30s, which understandably so because I feel like my body has already been falling apart this year, but that's another story. Um, Yeah, a lot of people talk about how their 30s, like it's depressing going into their 30s. So I was like, I'm going to go the opposite way. And that's also when I found TikTok. So I started seeing women of my size wearing crop tops and stylish things and I had been struggling for a few years because, as you may know, five years ago was when I declared that I was done dieting and obsessing over my body size, and um, and I was just going to accept myself as I am, and 
or, you know, take care of myself, vow to take care of my body as always, because that's been important, but just to let my size land wherever it is, instead of feeling the need to manipulate. Um, like I was constantly on a diet, so I couldn't really like go to certain parties or go out to eat with friends. Like I was always like, Oh, sorry, I can't do that. I'm on this cleanse or whatever. And I didn't want to live like that anymore. And since that day five years ago, I've gained, give or take, like it fluctuates here and there, but like 20 to 30 pounds. Um, And so when you're smaller, first of all, you feel like you want to stand out, right? When you're smaller, you want to show your body off more because that's what society praises. Small, thin, fit, you know, these goal bodies that we see. And so you feel like, okay, I can wear whatever I want and I can stand out because people are going to love it. Then you start to get into the larger sizes or into a larger body and people start shaming others for wearing certain things. Um, oh, when bigger women aren't supposed to wear crop tops or what do you, why are you wearing those short shorts or whatever, all this body shaming that happens. And then when you get into a larger size, you almost want to hide your body and you want to hide your legs and your arms. You have all these insecurities. And that's exactly where I landed after a while. I was also working a corporate job. So, you know, I had to cover up and wear business casual. Like my style started to get really lame and bland. And I was always someone who took risks with what I was wearing Um, I was always complimented on how I like how I dressed and I noticed that stopped happening. And so, um, yeah, that, that was some, that was, that's always been a way that I love to express myself creatively is through how I dress. But I got to a point where I had the same insecurities. I didn't like my arms all of a sudden. I didn't like my legs. My knees looked chubby. Um, And so I started wearing clothes that hid all of those things and were baggy and um, yeah, just trying to hide my body away because I was ashamed and I didn't want anyone to know that I gained weight as if they couldn't tell even, well, especially with all my baggy clothes making me look even bigger than I was. So um, yeah, this year, thankfully, after discovering TikTok, I rediscovered my passion for dressing in cute like stylish clothes. And so I started shopping on, um, Boohoo was the first website that I had heard of that actually has like cute plus size clothes. And then there was, um, I never know how to pronounce this one, Shein or something like that. Um, that I also, they also, I think those were like the two main places that I was shopping. So basically I purged my entire closet, got rid of, at this point in the year, I think I don't even own really anything that I did earlier this year, like got rid of everything, just complete overload and, um, or whatever you call it. And I, yeah. And I just rebuilt my closet from start to finish um, slowly. It's taken me now. It's, I think I'm finally getting to a point where I'm satisfied with my closet and it's, I can't do the math right now, like six, six months later, nine months later, something like that. Anyway. Um, yeah, so it's taken me at least six months to rebuild my closet and my wardrobe, but it's finally a wardrobe that I love. And before you come at me, because I know there's a lot of controversy or controversy around things like fast fashion and everyone's like, 
you know, don't support those businesses and um, shop locally and all these things. And I completely agree. One of my life goals is to get to a point where I can shop like that, where I can shop local um, and afford to rebuild my wardrobe that quickly with prices like that. Unfortunately, I'm not in a place right now where I can do that. And so I made the choice to shop to shop fast fashion. Um, it's just one of those things, like, I don't know, it's one of those, there are just so many, so many things that I think I want to eventually change or work on. Um, but a lot of these things require money. You know, people get shamed for not eating organic or not being vegetarian, like all those. Um, and it's just one of those choices that you make. Sometimes I do feel like, I don't want to talk about where I get stuff from because I'm like embarrassed of that. Um, but yeah, that's just me being really honest about that. I shopped at Boohoo and Shein. Um, and, but anyway, so it's really, really made a difference. And one of the biggest things that has made a difference is the fact that like I actually shopped in my size and I was not, I was no longer, cause I kept still trying to purchase like medium tops and large bottoms when really at this point I'm like a large top and an XL bottom. And so I didn't like the way a lot of clothes were fitting me because I was still trying to shop in my smaller size. And so I wouldn't wear those clothes. And it was just a cycle. I was buying all these clothes that was just a waste of money. They were, they were just a waste of money. Um, which reminds me of, so I, had a few of my bridesmaids that had to drop out of the wedding because of the date change. And so I had to replace them. And one of my bridesmaids, unfortunately, I I told her like three weeks before the wedding. So she had to go look for her dress last minute. With my bridesmaids, I wanted them to feel comfortable. So I told them, I just want them to wear a black dress. I don't care if it's short, if it's long, whatever you feel most comfortable in, whatever makes you feel sexiest, like wear that black dress. And so she went to, she like went around, shopped like everywhere, she said, and she had a hard time, like barely found something at the very last minute. And um, I know something that she had been struggling with was her size, like accepting the size that she was or that she is now. And she's, you know, we grew up together and we both are larger than we were when we were younger. And we both struggled with body image then, and we both struggle with it now. So she, um, I think what she was doing though, was like not wanting to accept her size and not like getting dresses in her actual size. Like she was trying to see what's the smallest she could get away with. So she like would order some from Amazon. Here's the thing. I always, I've started telling people, and this is what I do. I follow the size charts for every website because every website has different sizing. So really it's not about like what size you are and trying to be a smaller size. It's figuring out what size is going to fit me based on this brand. So I check the size chart before I purchase anything online and I have a tape measure at home and I measure, I do my measurements at least I'd say once a week. Um, to see where I'm at, or I'll do my measurements right before I purchase something. Cause I fluctuate like an inch or so on my waist usually, which I mean, doesn't really make a difference when you buy clothes. But anyway, I've been using the sizing charts because all I've been doing this year is shopping online. Everything that I've bought has been 
online. And once you use those sizing charts and you just accept like what size that you're told and you just purchase it, like I've only had to return two pairs of jeans from Fashion Nova because Fashion Nova sizing is apparently different. And I don't, my body doesn't always, um, I don't know. I don't have like my hip to waist ratio is not that different. And Fashion Nova is like usually targeted for girls with tiny waists and really big hips. Not me. Um, so I got a size 13 originally in their jeans thinking, well, I'm usually a size 14. If I size up to a 15, it's probably going to be, um, too small or too big. And so, yeah, I got a 13 and <laughs> let me tell you that crushed me because it was like, um, I could, I couldn't even, I could barely get these things over my thighs. And then I realized I was like, oh, I think, um, what I learned was Fashion Nova. I think like in Fashion Nova size 15 is like a size 10. I don't know. Weird sizing. Anyway, I figured it out, got myself the sizes that I needed and now my jeans fit great. So the reason that I recommend just going straight for the size or even shooting over the size that you think you are is because you'll feel a lot better if you just go straight for it. I've spent way too many times in the Forever 21 dressing room thinking that I'm still like a Forever 21 and I'm totally not. And, um, and then like leaving the store feeling shitty about myself when again, it's not about the size. Um, so just, you know, take some time to, if you have gained some weight or lost weight, either way, if your body has changed, get used to your new body shape and figure out how to dress for that version of you. And I actually have a project that I decided I'm going to start next year, um, all about this. And I'm really excited to share that with you, but now's not the time. But anyway, um, yeah, it's all about just taking some time to adjust to your new size. And um, the other thing that happened for me kind of, okay, so we had talked about that, talked about, you know, style and dressing for your size or whatever. Um, and now I'm kind of transitioning just for a second into these body image struggles that I've had after the wedding. So the reason our photographer that we had to hire last minute is a family friend. He's actually a videographer, like a wedding videographer by trade. And I don't think he'd ever photographed a wedding before. And so he was nervous, but I was like, honestly, I don't want a video because I already know it's going to totally like trigger body shame, um, for me. And this is something like has, re that's really hit me in the last week because you know, I take all these Instagram stories and TikToks and pictures all at like the right angles and try and hide some of my insecurities, like my puffy face and my double chin and things like that. And, um, in my mind, I'm thinking like, if I hide these things in these videos and pictures, no one will know. And, um, but the truth is people who see me every day, see my whole 360 view, like people know what I look like. Anyone who knows me in real life, I can't really hide that. 
And so when I looked at these videos of me at the wedding, I was shocked because again, I'm always trying to curate how I look. So in my mind, I'm thinner than I actually am. But everyone else, when I told them I was struggling with how I saw myself, they were like, girl, like you're beautiful. You, you look normal to me. Like, and, um, yeah, I'm like, because they see me every day, they already know what I look like. You can't hide how you look through baggy clothes. Um, and good angles. And I was telling one of my good friends too, because same thing, she's had a lot of weight gain since, um, she had her daughter and she's covering up with baggy clothes. And I'm like, you know, when you wear baggy clothes or you try to hide your body, you only make yourself look bigger. And I think that there's nothing more beautiful than a woman who just owns herself and owns her size. And that's what I keep trying to anchor into is that like, on my wedding day, I felt confident. I felt beautiful. And everybody who saw me saw that and they recognized that in me. And that's what matters. Even though there still are those thoughts that go through my head of, oh my gosh, I didn't know that my face looked that big or I look so, um, like I look a lot bigger than I thought that I did. And, um, yeah, so going through those thoughts and then having to ground myself and remind myself, well, like Lauren, I get that this has been a triggering experience for you and it did make me want to try and lose weight. I even told Jason after the wedding, I'm like, I want to try and lose weight. My version of trying to lose weight is really not trying to lose weight. I don't, if that makes sense. Like I, like I told you, I don't diet anymore. I'm not going to implement anything into my routine that I can't keep up long-term because what I know now is that even if I went on a strict diet or a cleanse, if I did anything, um, even anything is like cutting out carbs or cutting out this or cutting out that. If I do something that I can't keep up long-term, the weight is just going to creep right back up again once I go back to what I was doing before. And I'll just have to go through this cycle of, oh, now I'm good enough because I'm skinnier. And then, oh, I'm not as good because I'm chubbier. And I just, I can't go back into that cycle. And so really what I've done this week is just really focused on giving my body a lot of love, continuing to take care of her. And then um, I actually started eating more than I was, which is funny, but eating more as in I wanted to incorporate more veggies and more protein also because my body was craving that once I checked in. Um, so I'm, in, I'm eating more often, just experimenting with that, seeing how that feels. So far, it's actually been feeling really good. Um, and then just paying attention to the types of carbs and starches that I'm eating and I think this is especially important for me because of my hormonal imbalance issues and my thyroid issues. Um, my body needs extra care because of that. And so I need to nourish her more than ever, not take foods away or take away calories or you know nutrients. So I'm making sure to do that. And then as a result, just me taking really good care of myself and my body makes me feel like, um, you know, no matter how, what size my body lands at, I just know that I'm doing everything that I can. And so I like to implement little changes at once that I think will be sustainable. 
And that, I mean, that's really vibrancy on demand is part of all the things that I've built up over the last few years, all the habits that I built up. It didn't all happen overnight and I had to really move slowly through it. Um, but once I did, it really made a difference in just how I felt. And, you know, just because you worked really hard on body image and you are a confident person overall doesn't mean you're immune to those struggles. And that was a good reminder for me last week to see those videos, to be able to voice it. I used to feel shame about voicing my body image issues because I was like, oh, I'm supposed to be this body image teacher. And, you know, in the body positive world, if you've been in that community, They're very like, they shut you down if you talk about your body image struggles, or you should be able to just embrace yourself and not have, not feel negatively. And I don't know, there's a lot of taboo things. Everyone is like, talks about how they're triggered by everything. And I became that person for a little bit. And then I was just like, you know what? Everybody's experience is so different. And every single person is responsible for their own triggers. And so I shouldn't expect everyone to walk on eggshells and not be real about how they're feeling just for the sake of protecting me from my own triggers. Um, So that's how I feel about that. And so my overall thoughts, just to wrap, wrap this episode up, my overall thoughts on body image and style is that, first of all, there's nothing wrong with wanting to wear a crop top because or not wanting to wear a crop top because you're self-conscious about your belly. Yes, I have encouraged some of my friends before who are self-conscious about their bodies to wear crop tops because I'm like, girl, like sport it if you want to. Um, But I also think that if you don't want to, I mean, I am somebody who I go to the gym with, um, I've been wearing these flannel, my little safety flannel or comfort flannel is what I called it from, uh, I found, I heard that from a girl on Instagram. I forget who. Anyway, she called it her comfort flannel. And I do that too, because my belly is probably my biggest source of insecurity. So I'm always looking for ways to hide it while still like showing my shape. So I've been wearing flannels around my waist with everything. Um, or when I wear dresses, I do the a line style or whatever, where it flares, it, it tapers at the waist and flares out at the hips. Um, There's also nothing wrong with wanting to dress for your body type. Like, you know, if if you do feel like it's more appropriate for you to wear certain clothes because of your, the way your body looks, that's completely fine. There's also, on the other hand, nothing wrong with sporting a bodycon dress or a crop top if you're down for that. If you are bigger and you're showing your arms and your legs and your belly, there is nothing wrong with doing those things and you shouldn't be shamed for that. Every person deserves respect and every person deserves to be loved. And, um, and yeah, so I, I don't know. I know that it's a reality that women who do wear those things at a larger size get body shamed. And I know that can be really difficult on your mental health and your body image. Thankfully, I haven't in my adult life, um, or, you know, I, was teased a lot for my weight when I was younger and I used to wear tight clothes and stuff, but people always pointed out my belly and that's why I like to hide my belly now. Um, so it is a reality that people are not, are not respected sometimes for wearing those things. And I think that is really sad. And I also think that if you feel that you are, are strong enough to handle that criticism or you feel that you can work through it or you, you just don't give a shit. Like I support that. 
Um, and I just think overall style is so individual. And when you feel good in what it is that you're wearing, it shows. If you're uncomfortable, that's going to be really obvious. And I used to feel like I had to dress like my thin sister because she was popular and she always wore like practically nothing. So I tried to fit into smaller and tighter clothes um, because of that. And I felt like I should, but I just, I never really felt comfortable. I remember, you know, putting on tight clothes and feeling like in the mirror that morning, like that I looked skinnier than I actually did. And then I would um, be shopping at the mall with my friends and pass by a window and see how my belly looked and it would just totally ruined my day. Um, and so I was just like, you know what? Fuck it. Like I'm going to wear what I feel comfortable and confident in. People do give me shit for wanting to wear those like flannels around my waist all the time and for hiding my belly. And people are like, oh, your belly is beautiful. You should show it and blah, blah, blah. And I'm just like, yeah, you know, I so appreciate that. It's just that this is what I feel comfortable in. So this is what I'm going to rock. Um, so those are my final thoughts and that's all I have for you this week. I hope you've enjoyed this conversation. I would love for you to come find me on Instagram. I'll say it again. I'm at Lauren M. Kepler and just tell me what your favorite part of this episode was. Did you have any aha moments, any realizations, anything like that? And if you have any suggestions for next week's 100th episode, just let me know. I can't wait to talk to you again next week, but until then, just remember that you are enough and you are doing enough.